Hello! Hi and welcome to POMCAST, the podcast brought to you by Pom Pom Quarterly. I'm Sophie Heathscott and for the last time ever I'm joined by Lydia Gluck. Hi Soph! Hi! <laughs> I hope it's the last time ever only on the podcast. Of course, yeah, I should caveat that saying like I'm sure this is not the last time we meet but indeed it is the last episode of the POMCAST. How are you feeling? I feel very nostalgic and I feel I mean yeah maybe maybe quite sad but also in like a nice way like oh we've done lots of really lovely things together and it's been really great it's time for it to come to an end and that's okay but it's always a bit sad to know that you're not going to do a thing that you've enjoyed again. Yeah I think that sums up how I'm feeling and I think the podcast has been hibernating for a little while and we thought maybe yeah, this this hibernation is the groundhog coming out, but then saying, no, the podcast is ending. Yeah, I know. I feel like people who haven't seen on our social meets uh, that this is going to be the last episode, although maybe it will say in the title, but either way, I'm sorry if you're just finding out now. <laughs> so yeah, maybe this is the first episode you're listening to and welcome. What a way to start. <laughs> Indeed. Well, we do have a back catalogue of, what is it, 78 episodes? Yeah, so this is the 79th. Uh, random place to stop, but yeah, 79, that is where we will stop. Um, yes, yeah, so we have a whole back catalogue to enjoy. Um, so yeah, this episode is just uh, a little audio trip down memory lane for us, uh, a way to, uh, you know, weave in those loose ends, cast off the podcast. Oh. Um, I mean, I've been, we were saying getting nostalgic, I've been thinking about um, some of the early memories of the podcast. Yes, me too, which we started in 2014, Sophie yeah. told me just before we started recording. I mean, yeah, it was bonkers. I thought it said like, oh, it's probably about 2016, something like that. But yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I remember we recorded in Juju's living, no, Juju's kitchen even. Um, Juju was the first guest on the podcast you, you look like oh yeah <laughs> of course we did because I was thinking of recording like in Eli's bedroom in the mm -hmm. house that I used to live in with Eli and I'd forgotten that the recording of the interview of course happened in Juju's home yep I also the one of the earliest memories of recording is the entirely like body defining all-consuming cringingness of listening to my own voice. I've written the same thing. I've got in capitals. <laughs> I hated listening to my own voice. I remember like, because Eli, especially when we first started and we um, maybe weren't so good at being concise or making, you know, there's like little recording tricks where you kind of make a little noise, like a clap or a click or something to kind of show that you're starting something again. We didn't know any of those tricks. And I think the editing of the first, like, I mean, definitely the first three or four, but it was probably more like the first 10 was like hours and hours and hours. And we would both sit with Eli while he was editing it and he would like play back, you know, things that we'd said. And sometimes he would just do it in his mischievous Eli way to like, you know, if one of us said something really like silly or like made a weird noise <laughs> just like loop it <laughs> like a frustration noise like and you just like get a little loop of it you're like okay <laughs> maybe why the record the editing took so long but <laughs> yeah maybe i also remember possibly in the first episode saying something about um 
uh, Game of Thrones and like maybe getting the name of someone wrong. And he like, I think, I don't know if we ever did this in the end and I should go back and listen, but I feel like Eli like dropped in like a soundbite from... Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and also yeah. i think it's one of those uh when we started it i guess it was just a bit like as we worked together and we were like the funniness that we uh hold in our space during these working hours needs to be committed to audio yes it must <laughs> it was... be shared with the people <laughs> Well, I feel like someone, while, because we used, you know, people who maybe don't know, we used to work in knitting shop together in London. Mm-hmm. We used to work at Loop. And um, I think somebody who worked with us was like, oh, you guys should have a podcast. And we were like, oh my God, maybe we should have a podcast. Yeah. And then and lucky for you, you knew Eli, who was like, yeah, I'll make it with you. So yeah. Yeah. Eli, who's like, you know, our very good friend, he, uh, you know i knew him to be excellent with audio of various kinds although he hadn't i don't think he'd edited a podcast before he'd like mainly worked with music um and he did a great job yeah um, i think he was key to making it making it happen you know what actually speaking of eli i got a little message from someone oh eli so i i've listened to this you haven't listened to this so uh this is me messaging eli saying uh, we're doing a last episode. What can we, you know, do you want to have a little bit to record? And um, yeah, I'm going to try and play it over the audio for Lydia, but you guys will obviously cut to a super switch recording. Nice. Profesh. Oh, hey, Pomcats. Uh, I just wanted to say that I'm sorry to hear that this is the last episode, but I am, one, incredibly impressed that you've kept it going all this time. And two, how grateful I am that I got to work on it. So, like, ten years ago or something, uh, Lydia came into my room. We used to live together. And uh, she said, can you help us make a podcast, which I'd never done before, and also write the music. And I started doing it every month with Sophie and Lydia, and it was really fun, and I sort of had to learn on the, <laughs> how, to, how to produce a podcast, which I didn't know. And now I do it for a living. Uh, I am currently producing podcasts for The Guardian. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't have done that or been doing that if it weren't for you both. And it, uh, I'm just incredibly grateful to both of you. Uh, for sort of setting me on this path. And do I wish I had learnt more about knitting? Maybe. Still quite a few gaps in my knowledge. But uh, I know that we had a lot of fun. And I wish you all the best. I love you, bye! Oh, that's made me get a little bit teary. <laughs> I know. Eli, we did have a lot of fun. I think, you know, he saw him more regularly than some of my other friends, you know, once a month getting that recording in. It was, uh, yeah, well done, Eli. Well done with all the music. and <sighs> I know. It's like thinking about it now, it's like such a like big ask of your friend to just like wander into their room one day and be like, hey, can you like do this thing you've never done before that will take hours and hours of your time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's not like a quick like sure you know can you help me like 
move this bit of furniture that will take 15 minutes. I mean, we didn't know how long it would go on for. It was a bit like when we started Pom Pom in a way. It was just like, oh, let's do this cool project. Um, but he did such a good job, all the music he wrote. Um, and also I remember his just abiding patience. He was very patient. Yeah. There was one, uh, going down memory lane, there was one recording. So we used to go and record in his bedroom, basically. And he'd go down and make tea and him and his wife would hang out and we'd record in the uh, bedroom. And then he came in and we were like, we didn't hit record. We've just done a whole episode and it's not there. So he was like, okay. And made us like a little juice and was like, okay, let's go again. Yeah. And just, it wasn't no stress. I mean... It was internally, but the, the the powerful good that Eli had on the podcast, uh, yeah, eternally grateful for. Yes, and he always had like a very good sense of humor about you know all the things, and he yeah would like have us at his house and make us nice juice and snacks, and it was just very lovely. There was something really nice about having projects with people that you know are your friends that mean that you do like you say you actually get to see them. Even if what you're doing is like, you know, it's not just sort of hanging out. It's it's nice to have like a shared goal that means that you're spending time with someone. Mm-hmm. Also, favourite Eli memory, which we might cut because this is a bit rude, but we were talking about Labia and me and he kept saying, who is this Labia and me? <laughs> I was thinking about how much he used to laugh about fingering weight yarn. Well, I mean, yeah, it's pretty funny. It is funny. But it's also like, I think, because for me, you know, I I think when you first hear it, you're like, lol, that means something else. And then it just starts meaning like a weight of yarn. And I'd like basically forgotten that that word has another meaning. And then, you know, Eli's there listening to us and he like just like hits pause and he's like, what, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing for how dedicated someone could be to editing an entire podcast and still know not that much about knitting. So well done, Eli. <laughs> yeah, good job. Yeah, and he also, of course, was, you know, our, like, MC for Pomcast Live. I was just going to say, Pomcast Live, got to be up there with the top podcast moments for me. Just so much fun and just doing, you know, we obviously have a lot of fun recording either together or like right now we're in separate locations doing this online as is the way but doing that in front of an audience because we very you know we meet people at shows and they chat back to us about the podcast but you know doing this can be a little sort of throwing it into the ether and just being like okay bye like here it is yeah but yeah doing it uh doing it live like having people join in with the games and yeah we do have a live recording of that so if you haven't listened to that that is a good one to enjoy (laughs) it is yeah I think the games worked really well and like there was I don't know Eli read out the like knitting horror stories I think he did a great job very theatrical and we had like various pom-pom friends and family involved and yeah I agree I think it's like one of one of my favorite memories too we've done all sorts of cool pomcast things I mean, first of all, I think um, Froobs deserve a mention because they were a classic <laughs> podcast snack. We used to quite often have, they're like, what are they called? Um, I feel like somebody told me recently what Americans call Froobs. And it's something yeah. like, 
like fro i'm gonna get it wrong it's like fro go or like it's got no yo it's got go in the title and it doesn't work in a british accent maybe i'm just gonna have to google it gogurt or something gogurt oh so yogurt you have on the go yeah which gogurt kind of i mean sorry apologies to americans but like because of the way british people tend to pronounce like yogurt it doesn't work because you'd just be saying gogurt which is like not a thing (laughs) (laughs) anyway it's a bit like that and we quite often had those and we quite often had like smoothies yeah remember we had some good snacks and we got to interview lots of amazing people and for me one of the real highlights was clara parks who i have a great deal of respect for calling me smart (laughs) which um you know it's nice when anyone calls you smart but um i think we can all agree that clara parks is like a respected figure in the knitting world so I, i really took that one um yeah that was a good moment yeah she's an absolute hero i mean we've been incredibly fortunate to just speak to so many huge and wonderful people in the knitting world and i it still blows my mind to think that we could email them and say hi do you, do you want to talk to us and they'd say yes so yeah <laughs> thank you for everyone who said yes <laughs> yeah absolutely and i think you know obviously the interview section was yeah i think the podcast it just made the podcast so much richer to have um people involved who could bring their own stories and passions and you know everything to the podcast and yeah exactly like you say we what an amazing thing to be able to do to be like hello person i really like and admire will you talk to me (laughs) yeah yeah so we can't name everyone but just thank you for anyone for any any uh voice that you were on the podcast uh yeah we uh we think you're incredible so indeed and and to all the um you know pomcats who listened and sent in when we asked for you know knitting horror stories and other such items where we needed input anybody who sent something in or like emailed us thank you too Of course, Pomcast would be nothing without the people who listened to it. So thank you, everyone who's listening, who has ever listened. Uh, I guess uh, we could still keep making it, but it's uh, not so fun without hearing from you folks and uh, meeting you at shows and getting your fun emails and messages. Uh, speaking with which, we had a couple of people get in touch uh, because it's the last episode to uh, share some messages. We sure did. So I'm going to read out the first of those. Um which is from Alison Hellyer, who I believe is the wonderful person who brings us mini eggs at shows. Indeed. Yeah, long time fan and friend of the podcast. So nice to hear from Ali. Lovely to hear from Ali. Um, and thank you, Ali, again, for all the many mini eggs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ali says, it was the first podcast I ever listened to. I was slow on the uptake. And now I listen to quite a few. But there is something about the podcast and about you and Lydia, that's Sophie and Lydia, That is so lovely to listen. It's like being in a room with two friends. Top three was absolutely brilliant. When my dad had his stroke in November 2019, I was driving back and forth to the hospital, which was about an hour each way. I started listening to the podcast again from the beginning, and you and Lydia kept me company on my dark nights driving home. You both made me smile and laugh at a time when my life was really hard, and for that I am eternally grateful. I have my favourite episodes, which I put on to cheer myself up, 
or to just have a peaceful moment to myself. Oh, that's such a lovely message. Thanks, Ali. That was so lovely. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I'm glad we could be a, a companion at that tough time. Absolutely. Also, we had a message from Emma Johnson. Um, Three years ago, I had my first child. It was right at the start of COVID and I had a year of maternity leave ahead of me. It very quickly got very lonely. I went on walks a lot and I listened and re-listened to the podcast episodes over and over. It felt a bit like being on a walk with friends. I just wanted to say thank you for keeping me company during a really hard time. I plan to start listening to the episodes again soon. I just had my second baby a few weeks ago. Oh, congratulations, Emma. And that is so lovely. I'm glad we could, uh, yeah, be company to you during those times as well. Yeah, it's so lovely to think um, of people like, because when we record the episodes, obviously we are enjoying each other's company and it's just very nice to know that other people also enjoy spending time with us in the way that the podcast allows. And I feel like, yeah, having all of the, input from the Pomcats and getting to meet people and hearing these things it's like yes we were always recording with everyone there So we mentioned how Pomcast has been all the richer for the special guests we've had. Truly, they are the the filling of the Pomcast bread that we are only (laughs) merely the humble side uh, compliments to that delicious filling, which is the guest interview. Um, But you know who's never been interviewed on the podcast? Um, No. Are you going to tell me? Yeah, that's the first, obviously your first question, because it's you who's being interviewed. <laughs> no way, I finally get to be the filling. That's <laughs> literally, I, yeah, that's literally in my notes, like I said, oh, we need to record the bread, Lydia. We haven't recorded bread yet. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Pomcast lingo. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think the, you know, we've probably had this uh, chat uh, throughout the podcast. Oh, by the way, welcome to the podcast, Lydia. It's so great you could be here. Uh, thanks Thank for joining you so me. much. Thank you so much for having me, Sophie. It's, it's truly an honour. <laughs> uh, my people got to talk to your people and we uh, managed to find the time to schedule. Well, you know, I, I thought you, that you'd never ask and I was starting to get a little bit offended, but yeah. luckily, few. <laughs> We've dodged that. <laughs> <laughs> the best for last. <laughs> uh, that was so out <laughs> love it <laughs> um we've actually had a lot of singing on the podcast as well which has been good maybe people have skipped that but i did maybe. enjoy doing the, the singing <laughs> the singing is part of the the joy of life i think so Indeed. hopefully hopefully it's been okay <laughs> um well lydia i mean we've just got to start at the beginning how did you get into the knitting world well into the knitting world i guess um does that include my learning to knit origin yeah. story? Yeah, origin I'll, story. Yeah, I'll keep it brief. So, um, I definitely, my mom did teach me to knit when I was little, maybe when I was like nine or ten, and I, you know, I think I thought it was fine, but it didn't. Uh, I didn't get particularly excited about it. And then when I was at university, I was living with a friend who was knitting a big red garter stitch scarf, and I was like, "Ooh, that looks." like a fun activity and then we had a particularly rainy 
Easter break, I guess. Like I went back home and I was like, okay, this is a good time for me to try knitting. And But I didn't have any knitting supplies really. So when I first started trying to teach myself, I used chopsticks as needles. And I also had been to just buy, I think I just bought like kind of a random book. I don't remember what it was. Um, maybe even like from a charity shop or something, you know, like, and I, I don't even know if it was really like a teaching you to knit book or if it was just a knitting book, but basically I used this book. I can't, it must've been pre YouTube, all of this. Um, and it never occurred to me to just ask my mom to show me again or to like ask my granny or someone else. I just sort of battled through it. Um, and then when I finished university, I, you know, and I'd like got into knitting and, and into crochet. I actually took to crochet much more easily at first. And then I started working at Loop and it opened my eyes to the knitting world because up until then I'd just been, um, I think, yeah, I'd come across Ravelry because I joined the Knitting Society at the university I was at in Manchester. And there were some very lovely um, people who were part of that society, one of whom, like, we follow each other on Instagram and, like, we kind of message each other every now and then. She was um, she was the one who put me onto Ravelry. And so I was like, oh, there's like a world of patterns and things out there. But um, I don't think I'd ever I'd never been to a shop like Luke before that had all these like indie dyed yarns and so on. And I guess that was my kind of journey into the knitting world that we're kind of maybe now more familiar with or part of. And yeah, it was and one of the best things about that was being around lots of other people who were very into knitting obviously being around all the amazing yarn and seeing the books and magazines coming in was very exciting but I think just being able to talk to people who many of who you know I think pretty much everyone who worked at Loop was like much more knowledgeable about knitting than I was so I could just go in and be like I'm you know how do you use a stitch marker or like what's this decrease and um, it just really opened up knitting as like a kind of more of a community and like a obviously you know I was part of the knitting society in the university but I think actually working somewhere you know meaning I was there like say three or four days a week um just meant that I was like really immersed and it became more and more of an obsession <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of stuck ever since true <laughs> <laughs> um so with the podcast coming to an end, I wanted to ask, what is something that you want to start or something that's starting new in your life? Or what, what's a beginning that you are seeing or hope to see? That is a very good question. I, let me have a little think. What's a beginning? Because I think, I don't think I'm going to start a new craft at the moment as much as I always want to start new crafts because I don't really have time to do all the crafts that I already want to do. Um, but I think something I'm looking to start is doing more um, more singing because, you know, as Sophie knows, and possibly I can't, I can't remember how much I've talked about uh you know the little bit of singing that I do like I sing in a choir here and um so on but I recently decided I would like to start uh my own singing project of some kind perhaps maybe singing with like two or three people together just as like an additional nice thing to do because um choir my the choir that I attend which is absolutely wonderful 
it stops over the summer, which is very understandable because our choir leader needs to have a little break and have a little chill. But I feel like it's a good little opening there. Podcast ending, choir's finishing for a little bit. Maybe I can set up my little singing project. I think that sounds lovely. I would, yeah, and I can't wait. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know how, uh, yeah, how passionate you are about singing. So I think, yeah, it's interesting how you think of the things that you did. Maybe not, not necessarily when you were a kid or like younger, and you think like, why don't I just do that thing every day because I could now, right? And then being adult or whatever clumsy term gets in the way. Um, so yeah, you sing your little heart out, Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Soph. I will. And yeah, hopefully the people that I want to, you know, that are my ideal collaborators will also be into the idea and, and we can get on get on our way. Wonderful. Okay. Well, I'm doing my questions in the wrong order. I should have said that one last. But I, I'm saying, <laughs> um, looking back at the podcast, what do you think? Uh, what do you think has been the biggest thing you've learned? Like about making a podcast? I guess making a podcast about yourself, about anything related to it like well you know what surprised you about doing it um I think I mean I've learned that I have an extremely loud laugh I did already <laughs> know that but it was you know constantly <laughs> spiking and <laughs> cutting out I was causing issues for Eli and then for Sophie when they both edited <laughs> <laughs> um I think well I think you know skills wise I think the way that you speak when you record a podcast, you know, I think it's actually quite a skill and not that I think I've mastered it, but I think both of us have improved at um, speaking in a way that is more appropriate for recording, but hopefully maintaining quite a natural feel and quite a friendly feel and not sort of, we've never really had scripts. We've always had like notes because otherwise who knows what would happen. And I think that has been a very interesting thing to learn to do and will probably serve me well in some capacity that you never really know do you when you learn something like where else it might be handy and I mean I I think could go back to something that I said quite near the beginning about you know we were saying how much fun we had um, especially in the early days I think when we were doing it in person together Yumi and Eli Um, and I think it's you know and I was saying how how nice it is to do a project with your friends you know because you had said like oh we actually got to see each other quite a lot and I think that's something to remind myself of now you know if I'm setting up this little personal project of mine that actually um doing something with people like I mean you know knitting groups are a great example or any kind of crafting group um like making something with people and with people whose company you enjoy and, you know, people who inspire you and um, just maybe think of things that you never would have thought of and that between the sort of, that you're a, a sum greater than its parts. I think that's like one of the loveliest things that you can do with your time. So I think it's a good lesson to try and keep that in my life. That's so lovely. Yeah, I think I know this, we've talked about this, this, and many people have said to us it's been the community for them, maybe if they hadn't had that locally. Um, and how, you know, I know how important the knitting community is to me um, in person and online. So I think that's, that's a really good reminder for us to to find 
what community means to us and what what way we can we can build it and access it I guess absolutely and I think there's also a lesson in um I don't I don't know how quite how to put this but you know knowing when it's time to finish a thing mm. because mm-hmm. I think with the podcast when we all lived in the same city and and all of us had a bit more free time I suppose you know it was this like great project and then as people's time got more and more squeezed and we moved away from each other everybody got a bit busier maybe a bit more stressed it made it a bit harder to relax into making the podcast and like I think every time we've done our recording it's been really enjoyable but sometimes the admin around it um, could be quite difficult or was a bit hard to fit in Um, and that's kind of why we've not done it quite so much recently and why we've taken the hiatuses is and I think probably both of us are like oh it's a shame that we didn't manage to bring it back but also sometimes it's just time for a project to end and that's also a useful lesson. Indeed. Lydia thank you so much for making the time to chat to me today. It's been my absolute pleasure Sophie and uh, thank you for your wonderful questions very uh very excellently written um well luckily i now get to uh, introduce our next guest we have two fillings in the podcast sandwich today and um this might be a bit of a surprise to everyone but uh the second guest today is one sophie heath scott Mm -hmm. hi sophie hi i was glad we (laughs) finished that interview early enough for you to jump over to your next interview so (laughs) (laughs) we've been wanting to have you on for quite some time sophie so um, it's a real pleasure to to finally have you here so great to be here thank you Uh. (laughs) (laughs) well I think uh you know as we often do we're going to ask you about your origin story so I would I wanted to know if you could tell me a little bit about your journey into crafting and your proudest crafting achievement to date Ooh, that's a good question okay um I journey into crafting I feel like I don't know when I was not crafting. I've always been the arty kid and very fortunate that uh, I have a family who uh, do a lot of making and crafting and if we're talking about knitting specifically like my mum knits, both my grandmothers knit and my dad knits. He's recently got back into knitting a lot more like post-retirement and uh, coinciding with lockdown he's been using knit how just a little plug for the palm products there (laughs) made himself a jumper so yeah I guess uh that's always been textiles crafts and making in general have always just been my jam and my jelly and uh I went away to London to do that somewhat officially (laughs) I went to come to London find my fortune just study design which uh, left me with a myriad of skills but um, uh, nothing specific so I was like right I'll go work in a yarn shop Uh, and then yeah our uh, our origin stories obviously crossover and the heroes meet at loop Um, but my proudest proudest crafting moment that is a great question I might have to think about that for a sec um Probably this comes as like a general concept, but probably any time I've taught someone to knit, I think that has been the most beautiful and rewarding part of my crafting journey because so much of my, you know, I've been, you know, if we're going specifically for knitting, textiles, arts, I've been sort of 
taught by family and supported by family I was very lucky like if I was working on a pattern I could just go to someone and say hey what's this and they tell me um and so to I think it's you know so deeply tied into our like sense of community and like generations and how important that is um you know quite spiritual in a sense and to be able to do that to some to you know pass that on to someone and see them get it and to do it and then I've had people who I've met like many years later and they're like oh I've taught you've taught me and like this is what I'm wearing what I'm making you know I saw them when they were literally like having to look up how to cast off they were like okay I always refer back to your notes to make sure I get it right you know um so yeah I think that's like that makes me feel incredibly proud and honored that I've been part of someone's journey in that you know something that brings me so much joy and um yeah fulfillment to to have been part of that for someone Mm, that's so lovely and yeah I feel like all those people that you've taught probably feel similarly in that they're they I'm very glad to have been taught by you if, if, if you know if they didn't keep knitting maybe they thought that was a really funny lesson so you know exactly I'm sure they had fun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um well my next question um is about your the repair cafe mm-hmm. that you run because I thought that um I feel like it's been mentioned I mean it's been so long since we recorded now it must have been mentioned I definitely remember saying at the beginning of the year being like I'm gonna do this thing <laughs> You sure did. And I just thought that actually, um, you know, as a podcast interviewee, that's a very interesting project that you've set up. And um, I thought it might be nice for the Pomcats to know about it and about repair cafes and your experience with it so far. Thank you. I feel like anyone who talks to me for more than five minutes, I'm like, can I tell you about my repair cafes? Um, (laughs) Thank you for asking. Yes, I started the Repair Cafe in my local area. Um, it's based on the Repair Cafe concept, which was started in the Netherlands, like, I think maybe 2009. So yeah, the idea that um, it's a community of volunteers, you set up regular events and people, uh, neighbours can bring broken belongings and have them fixed by volunteers who have different specialisms. And yeah, it was sort of... Um, end of towards the end of 2021 and I thought I am sad and I don't have community I'm gonna go find something to get involved with and then I ended up making the thing (laughs) um so yeah we've been running since the beginning of 2022 and it has been the most incredible thing I've done for a long time and we meet once a month and we've grown to a group of around 30 volunteers and um we have uh, people come and visit us and bring along stuff and we've had the most amazing conversations like last week we had someone bring a potter's wheel and we've had someone bring this beautiful old suitcase that was their mother's that they brought over in the 50s or 60s when they you know part of the Windrush generation and this beautiful uh leather uh, suitcase which had been part of their mum's story like coming to London and recently we fixed an answering machine which had a tape which was the recording of her mom's voice who passed away so we fixed uh i'm getting all the chills again but yeah (laughs) we fixed the answering machine so she could have this uh recording of her mom and we actually someone in the cafe we linked through someone who's gone and digitized it so you know they've they're not having to rely on this piece of uh now i didn't think you know answering machines were that outdated but you know like who you know to have it with a tape anyway it was just that interesting piece of history and just so many wonderful conversations that have happened with the local community and 
it's um, it's wonderful to do something and it's very rare to have a thing where our ethos is not to make more things and not to make money like we work on donations like it's a free service and that's you know very important that we're volunteers and the advice and men's are free and if people can donate then that's great and that, that helps keep us going um but to sort of yeah be that tiny resistance in a world that is more and uh somewhat overwhelming amounts of more um yeah it's I you know I said you know, it's truly been one of the most incredible humbling things I've done I feel very fortunate for this amazing group of volunteers who have said hey I can do that and I put they've put this amount of trust in me saying I can run this thing and I've put trust in them saying okay come along and help fix things and uh yeah it's it's been a, a wonderful wonderful thing I've met so many fantastic people and I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, you absolutely should be. It's so amazing. And I feel like, you know, I, because I don't live that close to where your repair cafe is, so I've not been able to attend IRL. Um, but I do follow you on Instagram and I love seeing all the things that have been mended and I find it very inspiring. And who knows, maybe at some point I or other Ponkats will start their own repair cafes and spread the good word. Yeah, anytime anyone wants to drop me a message about repair cafes, like find me on Instagram. I think it's it's been interesting talking to people about it who've said like, oh, you should do it more often. And I've said, well, you know, I'm only one person. And, you know, I have other people helping me, but essentially it's me doing a lot of the logistics. And I think rather than saying us doing more, I'm like, no, every like every borough, every like village, every town needs a repair cafe. And especially in London to have multiple ones over different weekends and different areas of the city. You know, I've been talking to people who are setting up ones in Lambeth, which is like the next uh, borough along for me. And, you know, I just want it to, it should be open source. It should be like help everyone make this thing and have more of them, right? You know, have an accessible, very cheap way to be sustainable absolutely more yeah. more cafes <laughs> yes <laughs> oh that's that's yeah I love hearing more about it because it's just such a wonderful project um my final question is also related to the podcast you know ending finishing um so since we're finishing the podcast and this is our last episode I thought it'd be interesting to ask you whether you find finishing your makes whether they be knitting or otherwise easy or difficult and whether you've had a project that was like took a particularly long time before you finished it or was like a particularly triumphant finish I find finishing projects very hard (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've no hesitation saying that it's embarrassingly well no it's embarrassing I can engage in that part of my personality I don't know why but I do find ending projects hard I did one thing brings to mind is I had a scarf which I started for a friend when we were at university no not even university maybe sixth form and I was we bought the wool together and it had a day out in Nottingham and uh bought the wool at John Lewis and uh I was like I'm gonna make you this scarf and I think I could you know I definitely knew I was a good knitter and I definitely knew I could do it but there's something about the length of a scarf when you're still like in that world of newer I mean I've probably been knitting 10 years so not that long but a different kind of knitter to who I am now who could probably like try a scarf in a week if I really wanted to um 
and I finished it. I dug it out and knocked down. It was one of those like I'm gonna find things that I need to finish because it had traveled. It's traveled all the way from where I used to live in Lincolnshire, all the way down, all through my different uni halls, all different through the shared houses. And I dug it out and knocked down. I was like, I'm going to finish the scarf for you. I did. And I sent it to her um, because we, we, we sort of lost touch a little bit during uh, the years. And uh, we, you know, just, I don't know. I found for so often through lockdown, I was reaching out to people I hadn't heard in a, from in a while, just naturally. It's just, I think conversations sort of restarted. And we had a nice chat and uh, yeah, it sort of sparked me to finish the scarf. And she was delighted with it. So she said it was worth the wait. And uh, thank you now, Jeet, for being so patient. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, yeah, that's like some good waiting time. I know what you mean about scarves though. I often think like with beginner knitters, there are many, many merits to making a scarf and, you know, people should make whatever it's most appropriate to them um you know it being a long rectangle good for beginners but quite a big piece of fabric mm, mm-hmm. i know that you weren't a beginner at that time but i'm just sort of yeah i think scarves are often actually quite large and i can relate to your finding it hard to finish that <laughs> yeah yeah that was a good question thank you you're welcome well thank you so much sophie for uh joining us here on the pomcast it's been a pleasure to have you thank you I hope and come back again. Oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, you thought it had gone away. It's back. It's better than ever. It's top three. <laughs> I love how top three, like, like, did you think of top three? I don't remember where top three came from. Top three but... used to be top five. How exhausting. <laughs> too many. Yeah, top five is too many. And I feel like at various points, we were like, is this like a good segment? You know, because it's not specifically knitting related. Often it was quite rambly or random, but... As opposed to the rest it... of the podcast, which is very tightly scripted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it just sometimes... I. I feel like when maybe it's just because we always did it last. So when we were re- recording, it you know often felt a bit like okay, the final hurdle. Mm. Um, but it's consistently, I think, been one of our like like fan favorites. Yeah, fan favorite. I don't know. I've just had a theory because I've just noticed it now. We've probably warmed up a little bit, and maybe that's why top three is so good because we finally like <laughs> we finally got good at podcasting. By the time we get to <laughs> top three. <Yeah. laughs> By the end, it's like, pow, 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 like, all killer, no filler. I do feel like doing recording, I do, there's a part of my brain that just completely dissociates, and I go into podcast mode, and then we end in recording, and I'm like, what on earth did I say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and you listen to it back, and you're like, huh, <laughs> okay, huh, who's that? She really likes <laughs> knitting, eh? <laughs> um, so yeah, top three, we're bringing it back, baby, for one final time. And so we've gone for the theme of favourite things about the podcast, favourite memories, but I've kind of gone favourite things about the podcast. Nice. Would you like to um, go first? Sure. Uh, I feel there might be like crossovers with ours, but uh, potentially. there's a lot of love to give. Uh, Mm. Number three, talking about your favourite thing. I mean, yeah, <laughs> what a great thing to do. What a great thing to do. Would you like to talk about this thing that you really love doing, you know a lot about with this person who also loves doing it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> tick, sign me up. 
<laughs> You're gonna have to start a repair cafe podcast. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Add more things to the to-do list. Yeah. Maybe not now. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about that. I think I'm very proud of us for learning how to do that. I think we said that, but kudos to us for not. Someone once met me as and said, "Oh, what professional training did you have?" And I was like, "Oh, no, 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 none of that." <laughs> No. <laughs> Listen to a lot of Radio 4 and I was like, ah, oh, I will be like that. <laughs> um, number two, people say don't meet your heroes. I say do and invite them onto your podcast because meeting your heroes is great. And I, you know, can't say enough how great it was just to get people who were amazing mega crafts knitting people get to hang out and chat with them. Yeah, that's true. Um, I feel like I, I don't want to list favourites because I'll just be here and I'll list all like 79 episodes 79 including you my great interview with Lydia Clark mm-hmm. but um, yeah thank you thank you everyone and it's even been great meeting them in person especially we've done like online interviews and it's just been like oh hey you know my voice that's nice <laughs> and number one how could I not do number one as the fab pomcats or the people who've listened um so, you know I've said it already this is a real nostalgia like uh repetition trip but just um us sitting in a room with a microphone sitting online with a microphone and uh to have people say that it's been good that's 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 nice <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty wild like you were saying earlier to sort of put something out in the world and you're like okay thing hope that you find the right ears and then people find it and they like it and they tell you yeah i mean it's kind of scary you know you put something out there and it's like it's not your thing anymore it's like you've given it to other people and i just thanks thanks for letting us do it and let us give you that weird gift of our rambling so yeah i hope you can enjoy re-listening maybe i'll go back and re-listen and be like I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I did what now? Did my what? top, f- my favorite packet of crisps is what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we can't say it enough. Um, but thanks. And Lydia, what are your top threes? Well, as predicted, there is a fair bit of crossover, but I will run through them nonetheless. Um, at number three, I put getting. I mean, it's a bit random this order, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know if they're really hierarchical. Yeah, but, well, um, my, my, same with yeah. mine, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, getting to interview amazing crafters Mm -hmm. as you said you know do meet your heroes if they're in the crafting world i can't speak for heroes outside of the crafting world i don't think i've met any of my non-crafting heroes um i don't need to because i met so many craft heroes that i feel very lucky and yeah like what a wonderful thing to be able to do to talk to people and you know get get all the interesting insights and stories or just like have a lovely chat again about a thing that you're both that you have in common and I think like you just said getting to talk to other people who have the same passions as you or overlapping passions um is it's just nice isn't it everyone likes that (laughs) so So that was that's been a wonderful part of the podcast um Number two, meeting pomcats, because, of course, um, you know, a lot of the knitting community for a lot of people, you know, is maybe even entirely online or predominantly online, you know, is for me these days. Um, But I do particularly treasure some of the moments I have of meeting people um, 
in real life, usually at events, I think probably in, entirely at um, knitting and crafting events and people maybe recognizing my voice or Sophie's voice if we're there together. And it's kind of, it's really lovely because people kind of have that connection with you and they might remember something that you said and then you get to meet them and, you know, talk to like, get to know a bit about them and kind of, yeah, it's just, it's, it's quite surreal in a lot of ways. Um, but very lovely and I think everybody we've met has always been you know just really really lovely and that's it's yeah when when you put the thing out in the world like you were saying it's kind of like okay bye thing and then people come and they tell you that they listened to the thing and they enjoyed it and that's um been a very wonderful part of doing the podcast mm -hmm. for me and I put at number one working with Sophie and Eli <laughs> I mean I know that Eli hasn't actually worked on the podcast for quite a while now, <laughs> um, but he remains a founding member, I think, you know, and obviously, like he said, he now like is a professional podcast maker, which is pretty cool. And we should probably find some of the podcasts he's been working on so we can link to them mm -hmm. so people can see some more of Eli's work. Um, but this has been the thread that has run through this podcast for me is this the joy of working with your your friends or like becoming friends with people you know through working with them and how lovely it is to be able to create something as a little team and you know in any project there's ups and downs you know there's times where it's really fun and it feels really easy and you're like yeah this is why I'm here and there's some days where it, you know I don't know if you're supposed to say this sort of thing to the people who've been listening to it but I feel like you know of course sometimes you're a bit tired and you don't necessarily feel like recording a podcast that evening um or you know getting the interview questions ready but it's always been worth it um I think it's always been like when once we're actually doing it like oh yeah this is really great it's really fun I love talking to my friend yeah. Sophie it's it's easy when we do it you know it is like you're right that's for sure there's the admin there's the logistics there's the the setting up and all the tech and yeah lots of stress about is it recording okay but yeah what, what a joy it has been to do it yeah yeah and then you know sometimes if we were like interviewing people at shows and there was like it was hard to find the right room and you know there's there was often admin involved but I think making yeah making something as a team which is also something we do at Pom Pom in a, in a very different way um is just a real great joy and I am sad that it's coming to an end but I'm mostly just very happy that we got to do it together yeah Yep, uh, I'm feeling pretty sad now. <laughs> Here's your lighthearted podcast, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all it's all fun in the podcast. No, it is all fun in the, fun in the podcast because yeah. I think you know. I think Eli said the word grateful twice, and I think I feel the same way. And it, you know, we've all we all learned different things. I think, um, and hopefully, the people who you know were interviewed and stuff also enjoyed being part of the podcast and podcast you know live things were all really great and people who watched them hopefully enjoyed them and hopefully you know podcast as a sort of memory is like a lovely positive one yeah and i think it's important to say pom pom magazine is not going away <laughs> no <laughs> no pom pom magazine still exists still still going still publishing patterns and getting excited about yarns and you know 
but, doing colourful makes. But your favourite audio version of the part of the of the magazine is coming to a close. But yes, follow keep following Pom Pom online pom pom mag on instagram and that's our website and of course you can find us worldwide and all the amazing stockists um i'm now going to go and visit every single one of them that's my bucket list thing now now we're not doing the podcast i'm all the time (laughs) (laughs) yes all the spare time that's that's what will be happening yeah i guess i guess this i guess this is goodbye now this this is the goodbye bit i think it is yeah i think we've come to the natural natural time to say goodbye I guess we can just say thank you again. I think we've done lots of thank yous, but um, one more thank you. Thank you to it all. It bears repeating. Yeah. <laughs> thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to all the pom pom team who have supported us through so much and various technological breakdowns and meltdowns. And uh, thank you again to Eli. Of course, we can't thank Eli enough for keeping us going all that time. Thank you, Lydia. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, everyone who agreed to be interviewed and, and brought themselves and all their wonderful knowledge and humour to the podcast. Thank you for all the sponsors. Thank you for anyone yes, all the sponsors. ever helped us out with a recording room. And uh, thank yeah. you, of course, to you. Take care of yourselves. Yes, keep on crafting, guys. And, you know, Sophie and I will be around on the various social meds, as will Pom Pom. So Pomcast lives on. It has just transformed. It's now live version. So you can catch a live version one day when you meet me, Olivia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Bye, Pomcats. We love you. Bye, Pomcats. We love you. Bye. Pomcast was produced, oh, it's so sad, by Lydia Gluck and Sophie Heathcott, along with the team at Pom Pom Quarterly Magazine. But Pom Pom's still there. You can buy your copy of the magazine, find lots of lovely books, and subscribe too at our online shop, which is pompommag.com forward slash shop. Big thanks, as we've said many times, to Eli Block for creating the original music for this show and for having been an essential part in creating this podcast right from its humble beginnings. Thanks as always to Megan Fernandez, co-creator and editor of Pom Pom Quarterly. And thanks also to the whole Pom Pom team. You know who you are. And thanks also to all the Pom Cats. We love you. We do indeed. And if you enjoyed this Goodbye podcast, please subscribe. Well, there won't be any new episodes, but please visit our back catalogue. And why not leave a review? You could always leave reviews. We love five-star reviews in particular. You can keep in touch with Pom Pom at contact at pompomag.com and find us online pompomag.com and you can find us on instagram at pompomag of us crying at the end. <laughs> Bye, Paul. Bye, Paul. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was actually sad, though. It is sad. No, it's a really happy thing to do. It's also really sad. <laughs> I know. Oh, dear. <laughs>